Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. In this multidimensional world, much of which is invisible to the eye, a group of non-physical entities have come here to expand our knowledge of how the universe works. These non-physical teachers are called Joshua, and they convey their teachings through Gary Temple Bodley. Each week, Gary, with a selection of Law of Attraction experts, open up a roundtable of thought-provoking discussions surrounding the teachings of Joshua. Joshua's intention is to bring clarity to the listeners through the ever-expanding Law of Attraction by looking at reality from a new perspective. Welcome to the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Hello, everyone. This is episode 31 of the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. Today it's May 14th, 2016. Last week we talked about manifestation events. This week we're going to talk about how the actual manifestation of a desire unfolds. How do our desires really manifest? How can we create the manifestation faster and more easily? Do we even really know what we want or how it shows up in our reality? Well, that's what we're going to talk about, and we're going to figure out that on today's show. The idea for this week's topic came from Kyla. She's doing the one-on-one program with Joshua. She experienced an incredible manifestation this week. We will see what Joshua has to say about the whole manifestation process. On the roundtable today, we have Michael Kutzen. Hi, Michael. Hey, Gary. And Steve Finitza. Hi, Steve. Hey, Gary. And we welcome back Janine Kutakovich. Hi, Janine. How was your trip to South Africa? Hi, Gary. It's nice to be back with everyone. It was absolutely fabulous. It was more than we could have ever dreamed for. That's so awesome. Yeah. Was the weather nice? The weather was absolutely gorgeous. You know, they're going into their fall there. I will say the two mornings we had to get up at 4.30 in the morning to go on safari, Tim and I layered and layered and layered and put scarves around our neck. And, you know, he was like, why are you bringing me this Burberry scarf? I'm like, you're going to need it. Next thing you know, he's like elbowing <laughs> me on the on the open air Jeep. Hey, did you bring me gloves? I'm like, no, <laughs> you told me not to. But it, the weather yeah, was magnificent. You don't, you don't think South Africa gets cold, but... It's, it does. It's it does. And then, you know, going up on Table Mountain in Cape Town, it was like, you know, the, um, at first uh, the, the um, it was shut down because of the wind and then the right. weather cleared up. It was absolutely beautiful, but the wind was whipping up at the top of that. It's absolutely a gorgeous sight. It's probably the prettiest sight I've seen since Machu Picchu. Wow. It's just beautiful. Yeah, it's mm. a beautiful country. Yeah, but I missed all of you guys and it's so gra- great to be back with you and the listeners. Yeah, it's great to have you back with us. Thanks. Okay, um, so let's get started with this manifestation episode. And uh, Janine, do you have the quote there? I do. You are here to practice your power to work with the law of attraction in this environment of time and space. You are here to expand your power. Joshua. That's, if you um, get our newsletter, you can see this quote because it c- comes out this morning in the newsletter. And the picture is one that Deborah Joe took 
of an entertainer while we were on the Abraham Land Cruise in Cancun. And so there were magicians and all kinds of stuff going on here. But it's a sort of an interesting thing um, that all of us are here to practice our powers of creation using the law of attraction while we're here in physical reality. And the difference is that when you're non-physical, you can create anything instantly. There's no resistance. But here on Earth, you really get good at it because it's sort of a smutty, sticky, real environment and nothing manifests, you know, things don't usually manifest instantly. It takes a little, you know, concentration and uh, thought and focus to create it. And so that's why one of the reasons we're here on Earth is to learn how to use the law of attraction in this environment. Pretty interesting, huh? And it's kind of nice that we have a little buffer of time so that we don't, because when we're thinking maybe thoughts that we don't necessarily want to manifest right away, you know? We can, exactly. We can clean that up. Right. <laughs> like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, boom. Yeah. So, um, but, I, you know, that's a funny thing that you say that, Michael, is because um, if you were non-physical and said that, it would manifest super quickly. But we have that layer of time. But even though when you say things that are out of alignment with what you want, you're still adding a little thing into your vibration. But I wonder if you're being funny, if you're joking, does it really matter? Yeah, I think it's picking up on your true... Right. Because I get that a lot from my family. They're like, you know, because I'll joke, like, off the... Like like that, like I'm going to kill something or something like that. But it's I'm laughing mm -hmm. as I say it. And they're right. like, oh, you know, your words are important. I'm like, no, your vibration is important. It's right, important. exactly, yeah. yeah. True. Right. I think your true vibration is important. Um, so if it's taken... You know, with humor, I don't think it has the same effect at all. Right. No, I don't think so at all. In fact, you know, it goes right to some, you know, one of Joshua's teachings, which is that you have to look at, you know, if you try to avoid something you don't want and say, well, I want, you know, you're not, like, you're sick, and you start saying, I want health, I want health, but the whole thought behind it is because I'm sick. Right. <laughs> that the universe picks up on the vibration of, I'm sick. Exactly. That's right. Very good point. And that's part of the manifestation process, is what we're focusing on. What we're truly focusing on is what we get. Now, I always wondered, too, um, sometimes I'm focused on something that I really want, and something else manifests different that I hadn't even th seen coming at all. And so is it the thing that I want that comes or is it the feeling of the thing that I want that's really the thing that I want? Or is it getting away from the thing I don't want? So it's uh, a tricky thing that, that we're going to find out today because we had a really cool manifestation from Kyla and then Joshua talks about it. And so we'll see what they say. Um, do you guys want to get right into that? question now or it wasn't even a question it's more of a statement but uh then we can talk about our own manifestations afterwards sure okay um steve would you read for kyla i will and i won't try to imitate her voice okay <laughs> <coughs> do you know her voice have you yeah. talked to her on the phone yes i have so you know her voice. I don't even know her voice. I do know her voice. Listeners, this is a reference to last week's show where I was teasing about imitating her voice. <laughs> yeah. I got that because I listened to last week's show. <laughs> okay. Okay. Joshua, I wanted to write and tell you 
about the incredible night I just had. My cheeks hurt in the best kind of way. Sound familiar? From smiling so hard. I thought of you as my desires manifested over and over again in the most elegant way. There's a singer-songwriter that I used to listen to several years ago, right after the birth of my first son. Things were just starting to get really rocky in my relationship with my then-husband, so I would close myself off in the basement and listen to her music while I built cake stands for my Etsy store. She was a huge part of my happy place during a really contrasty time in my life. Fast forward to a month ago, in a moment of inspired action, I thought, huh, I wonder what she's up to these days. I hadn't listened to her music for at least a year, maybe more, so I looked her up on YouTube and spent the rest of my evening singing along to her covers and laughing at the outtakes. Then I thought, man, I'd really love to see her play live. So I got on her website to see if she was touring anytime soon. I saw that she had a show in Kansas City, three hours away from me, with another band I liked, but I was disappointed to find out that it was sold out. So I scrolled all the way to the bottom of the page, and wouldn't you know it, one of the last things listed was a living room show in Wichita, where I live, on the May 8th. WTF is a living room show. Turns out it's exactly what it sounds like. Someone volunteers to open their home to a bunch of strangers, and she plays a show right there in the living room. So I went to that tonight, and it was amazing. Seriously could not have been more perfect. I invited a friend to go with me, and we met up beforehand for a drink. A tiny voice was worried about getting there early to get good seats, but I let go of that worry and just enjoyed good conversation with my friend. We got caught up talking and ended up heading to the show later than planned. We were pretty much the last ones to arrive, but for some, not so, strange reason, everyone who'd gotten there early had just happened to leave two seats wide open, front and center, literally five feet away from where the band would be playing. Well, 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 don't mind if I do. I recognized the nod from the universe and felt downright giddy at the way things were playing out. About halfway through the show, the guitar player broke a string. Seemingly an innocent coincidence, but that turned into the girl asking for requests, which gave me a chance to ask to hear my favorite song from her first album, not the one that she's currently on tour promoting. She got a little flustered and said that she didn't actually remember the words that well. I was so blissed out that I didn't even care, was ready to hear some other song, when she said she'd go ahead and try the one I requested if we, the audience, would be willing to sing along and help her out. I cannot explain how freaking cool that was on so many levels. I had a thought a couple days ago that I hoped I'd be able to listen to the music in this living room without dancing and singing as loudly as I do at home. I'd done well for the first several songs, just listening and swaying. And then when it came time to hear my favorite song, she asked me, well us, to sing it with her. I'm laughing right now thinking about it. There were so many other wonderful things about tonight, from the intimacy of the venue, to hearing her stories, to getting to talk to her afterwards and tell her about the impact her music had made 
had on my life, to the picture we took together, to the fun I had with my friend. Just so much good stuff. So much happiness in one night, I can hardly stand it. Just when I thought life couldn't get any better. So thanks for the homework, because without it I may not have made that journal entry, meaning I might not have prepaved such an incredible experience for myself tonight. I truly feel like tonight I was riding the tidal wave of fun and ease and joy that I set up for myself last night. I definitely intend to keep the momentum going in this direction because it feels so, so good. And feeling good is what it's all about, eh? With love and gratitude, Kyla. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Very. So <clears throat> it's interesting because she came of a place when she first started with working with Joshua of being, you know, scared and frustrated and going through a divorce and all that. But, and this is only number Twenty-nine or thirty of the questions she's written back and forth. So it's in less than a month, and so she's learning how to create an environment of ease and well-being and confidence, and uh, seeing things for the good that they are, not the struggle of them. Um, seeing that everything's happening for her, and as she's doing this, she's prepaving for events such as this. Um, and what she's really doing is, I think a lot by meditating too, is getting these this inspiration to go to YouTube and see what her favorite songwriter was doing now, and then uh, spending time with that, enjoying that, and then the next inspiration you know, was to see if she's touring, and then to find out that there's a show, but that's sold out, and then to keep finding, you know, going through that, and then finding that living room show. So certainly... This wasn't a desire that she had planned. It just popped up. But she had you know, created this environment where she was open to you know, this inspiration. And she could not have planned this out. It was just something that was sort of given to her because she followed what she was, you know, the thoughts that came to her. I thought that was really cool. Well, did you also notice something else, Gary? You know, we were just talking a moment ago about words, you know, the difference between words and vibration. And she said in the middle of her letter, I was hoping, you know, I, in quotes, I was hoping that I wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't get up and sing and dance during this whole thing. Right, because she, she didn't want to embarrass she herself. She wasn't hoping that. It was just the opposite. <laughs> right. You know, she was right. hoping, you know, she was trying to control herself. Yeah, and what she happened, really wanted to get up and dance. She wanted to sing yeah. with her, mm-hmm. with her favorite singer. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Right. And like if if it was a big concert you could do it, but here in a living room show it'd be embarrassing to do it. You know. And then the opportunity came up because a guitar string broke. And and how cool was it that she recognized as it was happening like the having the two seats right yeah. in front available to her. That's what's really and cool. She, and she acknowledges right. that the universe is working with her and she's giddy and just yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah. Steve, I'm with I, you. I was ready to say the same thing and you know had this been before she started walk, working with Joshua, I'm not sure if she would have had that realization. Well, she's a pretty um advanced person. She's like a graduate student really. She's been at this a while. And so she understands that when things are working out for you that that's part of the universe prepaving this whole thing for you and getting you your desire. The trick is to also realize that when uh, contrast comes up, that's also part of the path as well. 
and to be as happy at the contrast as you are with the good things that happen. That's what Joshua is writing about a lot right now, is that we are so afraid of negative emotion that we do two things. One is we try to avoid any situation where negative emotion can come up. Or two, we try and alter the conditions so that it's less likely to have negative emotion. For instance, um, you know, um, a lot of people when they play poker get really upset when they get unlucky and someone else gets lucky. And so that is negative emotion. So they're focused on the wrong parts of this, or not the wrong parts, I shouldn't say, but they're focused in a way that's not supporting what they really want to do, which is to be able to play poker and win. So they will get up and storm out and get mad and maybe not come back again because it's just that feeling they can't handle. But other people get over it really quickly, forget it, understand it's part of the game, and then come right back to it. So those who are afraid of getting that emotion of getting upset play a lot less often because it takes them longer to get over it and to forget about it. And those who um, understand it's part of the game are able to come back the next day and try again. It's an interesting thing. And that's true of a lot of things. I mean, imagine if you're if you're just broke up with somebody, you're probably afraid to get into a new relationship because the feelings of that old relationship are scary to entertain doing again. And you have a whole different idea of what a new relationship might be like. So, but when you understand that the negative emotion is part of this process of moving forward to that which you really want and using what you get out of these manifestation events and not being afraid of them, which I think we're going to talk about next week as well because Kyla had another unbelievable thing that happened. So, <laughs> I think we should start calling this the Joshua and Kyla roundtable. I know. <laughs> it's really amazing. I think she happened. deserves supporting credit here. She does, right. This is going to be a conversation with Kyla book one day, and it's going to rival Steve's book, I think. Um, oh, no. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so shall we go into the answer? Or what? It's not really even an answer because this wasn't a question, but... Joshua's comments on the manif- manifestation in general. Joshua's annotation of Kyla's letter, basically. Very good. No one understands what that means. <laughs> Big lawyer words on us. <laughs> okay. I, 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 annotate for, the the for person Joshua. who claims that they don't understand or don't know is usually the person I look out at, you know, I watch most carefully. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd be a good poker player, Michael. I don't know about that, but that's okay. okay. Anyway, dear Kyla. When you allow the flow of source energy to come by you by or come to you by creating an environment of ease and well-being, you allow the universe to respond to your desires. Could you have imagined the fullness of this evening beforehand? Could you alone orchestrate this night? Even if you knew that this was what you truly wanted, could you have made it happen? You know it would have been impossible. Yet the universe manifested everything in the right order at the perfect time so that your desire unfolded in the most elegant manner possible. A day before, you had no idea of what was to come. You did not even realize that this was a desire. This was not something you thought of and put on a dream board. Yet it was the perfect manifestation of a set of feelings you wanted to experience. Who knew this existed? 
Who knew what you really wanted was the experience of these feelings? Your inner self knew. Your guides knew. Your supporters knew. They all know what you truly want. It's only you who doesn't really know. So, we all think that manifesting something is that you pick out this thing or event or situation or whatever in your head and that you go for that thing. And so what Joshua is saying is that you probably don't really know what you want, but if you can create this environment of ease and well-being and follow in inspiration and feel good, then ideas will come to you that will take you places where you couldn't even imagine going. So this was something that Kyla obviously wanted, but she never planned it out or thought of anything. It came in the spur of the moment when the time was ready. She didn't have to do any planning. The planning part was unnecessary because she just needed to be in the state where she could receive the inspiration and then act on it without you know, saying, oh, that's a dumb idea. It is very cool. Okay. Yeah, but he also mentions... Yeah, okay. No, go ahead. Uh, what you're saying? No, I was just about to say, Joshua also talks about the uh, that there wasn't even the necessity of having a dream board. Right. Now, a now, dream board or, or like setting goals or, you know, putting it down on paper and taking, I'm going to take these action steps to make this happen. None of that right. was necessary. Well, there were action steps, but they weren't what we call like, you know, goal-oriented action step. It was just right. like in the moment, right. you get this inspiration, you have to follow it. So the action steps then were, well, she was pre-paving it. So the night before, she wrote some journal entries about feeling ease and well-being and feeling good. So that was pre-paving her environment for the next day and then intending to feel good and be in ease the next day. And then from that space, she was inspired to go to YouTube and listen to her. And now that's another thing is when that thought came to her, did she create the thought, or was the thought given to her? Given to her. Right. So the thought was given to her. She was in the vibrational vicinity of the thought. She was open to the thought. She, it was given to her as part of this process, because without that thought, she would never have gone to YouTube, right? So that thought had to enter her head somehow. So when that thought's given to her by, let's say, her inner self, and she's aware of it, because she's also been um, meditating every day, so she's a little bit more aware of thoughts when they come. It's not all a, a big jumble scramble of millions of different thoughts. They're more clear now. And um, she didn't talk it out. She went with it. And then the next thought was see if she's performing somewhere or see if she's on tour, right? So there was one step was pre-paving by wanting to feel good, the next step was receiving the thought and following the inspiration. The next step was following the next thought. And then the next step was scrolling to the bottom without giving up. Because the first idea that she had to see her in concert, she could have given up easily. But she scrolled to the bottom, found that living room show, and then said, I'm going to do it. So also, she had to have a desire that was... Um, more important or more powerful than her limiting beliefs. Okay, so here's a desire to see her favorite person perform locally. Very strong desire. But she also had limiting beliefs. Oh, um, 
can I afford it? Who's going to go with me? Um, is this going to be any fun anyway? It's sort of going to be weird in this new environment of a living room show. All these tiny little limiting beliefs. But the desire overcome, overcame those things, and then this whole thing manifested. So those are all the steps to it, the action steps as you were. Okay, let's go on to the okay. next part of this. So much of what you think you want is not what you truly want. It's just a defense against fear. When you think of what you want, you are still thinking about getting away from what you do not want. This night was an example of what you truly want. Hold on to the feeling of tonight, and you can expect more things like that to come. Okay, perfect. Steve, what do you want? What do I want? Yeah, what are you talking about that you want all the time? What do you want? Oh, well, I want... Um... I want a 12-car garage that I could fill with cars and motorcycles. Okay. What would you like in order to get that? Uh, money. Very good. You want money. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that money isn't what you want, right? No. And the, even the cars and motorcycles aren't what you want. It's the feeling of all this stuff. Yes. Okay. And money, the, the reason you want the money is to relieve yourself of the feeling of insecurity about not having enough money. Yeah, that'd be great. Right. So what you want is um, abundance, not oh, an escape from insecurity. Well, yes. Or even the feeling to, of security. To do it right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not okay. going to – that's backwards. You can't sit there and feel – if I want money to feel uh, safe, secure, and, and, and taken care of, that will never manifest because right. I'm not a vibrational match to it. I have to feel it first. And then it appears in my life. And then it appears, yeah. And so if you are, like most of us, um, wanting more money to feel secure, you're just focusing on your feelings of insecurity. Insecurity, yes. So if you can be more trusting that what you want will come to you when you need it to come, just like this thought came to Kyla at the right exact time, and you don't have to worry about anything. And we were talking about this on Wednesday, is that... um, if you look back on your life, Steve, and all the trips you've taken over since, you know, if you were started like 20 years old, and from the time you were 20 to the time now, and all the trips and all the things you've done in the houses and the cars and all that stuff, if you were 20 and knew all this stuff was going to happen, but somehow you had to pay for it, you'd be like, how in the world am I going to pay for all this stuff? There's no way I could get enough money to pay for all this stuff. Yeah. And then... As you worried and worried and worried, you still got all these trips and all these cars and all this stuff happened anyway without the need to worry. The worry didn't do anything. It still manifested. So when you're feeling insecure about money, that insecurity doesn't even really play a part because everything always seems to come. Anything you need always seems to come at the right time. And you can't plan it. as if you try and plan it, you'll sort of get overwhelmed. I think. Yeah, it's like it's like you kind of get in the way of your own manifestations, and you do. You screw mm-hmm. them up. It's like right. it's best to just <laughs> wait. But that's hard sometimes. If you're a doer or a goal, you know, someone who likes to make lists and goals and stuff, you feel like that's almost lazy to just sit there and okay, I'm going to get into the receptive mode. I'm going to get in a good mood and then not do anything. I mean, that just doesn't quite seem like the responsible adult thing to do. That's the tough thing about our society, because we're a society of doers yes. and shakers. And 
you know, people think, oh my God, this guy's, um, he really is a go-getter. He gets stuff done, you know? Right. And so you get a lot of accolades for that. Yeah. When right. really, you want to be a good allower. Right. I was going to say, but Steve's reality now is he recognizes that the money is just a means to allow him to manifest what he wants to do. Right. It's it's right. just energy. It just is a means to support that. He he thinks that on a um, on a certain level, right? Well, yeah, and I would say I still have still working on the like. I like to. I don't like to think I'm going to go here just temporarily <laughs> because I know it's not doesn't serve my vibration. But I'm like, okay, if this shit hits the fan and, and let's say I you know I lose all my sources of income, I like to look at like, okay, I have a six month. You know how long before I'm homeless? You know, right. so you're, I, I can, you can almost measure measure your abundance level by okay, in six months I'm homeless, in a year I'm homeless. You know, it'd be like I want to reach that. You know, oh, in ten years or twenty years I'm homeless. You know, right. that type of um, abundance level. So, yeah, but that's just another way of saying I want enough money or assets. But that's sort of ridiculous too, because if a earthquake happens and the insurance company goes out of business and there's nothing. It doesn't matter anyway, right? Well, yeah. No matter how much money you have. Well, mm -hmm. it's it's like you have. To, I think you just have to get to the point where you feel you just you have a knowing. It's faith exactly. that you're going to be. That's taken, what you have to do. You're going to be taken care of, and that's that's a leap. It's a leap, especially when you a had a, a lifetime of oh, you have to be responsible, and you have to do you know all these things, and uh, these teachings are sometimes um, just exactly polar opposite of it you know so right right well i've had that irrational fear of homelessness for probably my entire adult life and i'm going yeah my adult life runs over 30 years at this point so i, I, I actually would go like buy a place and go you know that'd be a, if i was homeless that would be a good place to hang out because it looks like i could find shelter <laughs> nobody would bother mm -hmm. me you know it's like i'm always i have my eye out for good spots <laughs> you know i think that that just um, – I'm more of a risk taker. I've never had a job. I've always been had my own business. And it's easier for me to have the feeling that something will come up, you know. And I've never had a steady paycheck. And just things just come up. A sale will happen here. I found a house here. I get a commission here. Something happens. You never know where it's going to happen. When, you know? uh, just real quick. When I was going to college, I was putting myself through college, and I had kind of moved away from my family, so I was pretty much uh, on my own. And it was it was interesting how there would be times I had a, I had brought with me a, a piggy bank that was filled with coins, right? And occasionally I would get down to where I had no money, and I had to crack open the piggy bank, right, to like get food. Uh -huh. And every time I did that. Some money would just come like magically would appear <laughs> in my life and and this was you know years and years ago and it was i got to the point where i would expect okay what's going to happen because i know i'm getting down to like no money here yeah so it was kind of fun that's how it works yeah that's the whole thing and and if you can be in the state of allowing and trust that that's going to happen you know so i think um we got a lot to learn here okay where are we on this on this answer okay you were aware of the inspiration to find out what your favorite artist was up to, and you followed that inspiration. You did not create the thought. You received the thought. Who sent you that thought? That's what you need to consider when these thoughts come to you. 
Who is sending the thoughts? Why are you receiving these thoughts? Why are you not pursuing these thoughts? Why are you stopping yourself from taking inspired action? This is a really good point because if you receive a thought, I mean, this is a, a huge thing to understand is that you don't create thoughts in your mind. You're not a thought factory. You receive thoughts and you transmit thoughts. And when you get an, an inspired thought, you got to think who's sending this thought. And it could be your inner being. It could be your guides. It could be your, you know, uh, relative it could i don't know how exactly it works but it's coming from higher uh from the universe somewhere and it's an important thought and to just blow it off means that you're not seeing value in these thoughts because you think you're just creating like you create all your other thoughts and it's just a silly stupid random thought but if you take the perspective that this is a something that's been given to me in for a purpose of leading me towards something wonderful down the road or next door or immediately, then that thought carries so much more value to it. I, I've ignored, I've ignored them in the past when they, when I thought they were my thoughts because right. it's just me. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like going, okay, it's coming from somebody else and that somebody else has a much higher perspective than I do. Right. Probably knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, I'm more likely to listen to that nowadays that it I know it's not crazy me coming up with That's it. A whole new <laughs> paradigm there. Right. Yeah, I've actually got a case right now that I was very negative about and I kept on begging my client to settle. Yeah. And um you know, something inside said, you know, we've got to pursue you know, a particular lead. And I pursued it and I met with uh this potential witness and I've got to tell you my client now has a fighting chance. Wow. And I, think, and, I, and I think more than a fighting chance. You know, he, it would still, you know, my, the, the inner lawyer in me, uh-huh. you know, the one, the one with every limiting belief possible because that's what we lawyers are trained to do, yeah. says, go settle this matter. But right. I'll tell you, part of me, you know, there's more and more of me says, you know what? Maybe he's right. Maybe we should just fight it out. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the interesting thing, because when you come to something with a preconceived idea, you tend to ignore the thoughts that take that aren't uh, aligned with that idea, that are in contrast to that idea, and you blow them off as as uh, no, I have this is how it's going, this is how it should be. Um, that thought doesn't make any sense based on what I believe about what's going on. I'm going to ignore it. But if you can be open to the thoughts and just say, well, it came to me for a purpose. It can't just be a random thing. Let's just see where this leads. That is really cool. Imagine what you could do if you got how powerful as a lawyer you could be um, if you were able to get this inspiration from things that you couldn't possibly see from your perspective. Right. Well, and, well I've got to shut down the inner, the, the inner lawyer so, so yeah. I can be a better one. Yeah, you got to be <laughs> super open to all possibilities. And to me, I think, it, yeah, it might be a really good um, attribute for a lawyer to be open to other perspectives and other beliefs. Or, you know, not be limited by your own preconceived notions, but open to the possibility of what the truth is because nobody really knows the truth. Right. That's well, what you're trying to find out. 
well, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily trying to find out the truth. I'm trying to figure out how to win a case, which is not necessarily the same thing. Right, right. You know, now, as, I, as, as, I, as I tell people, it, because of the complexities of the legal system, truth isn't what necessarily comes out in a court of law. Right. But in your case, defending someone who's innocent or who's, you know, if you found the truth that being that they're innocent, then in this case it would be the truth. Right. Well this, is, well, this is a civil litigation over ownership right. through of a deceased person's uh, assets. Yeah. Okay. Well, you get what I'm coming from there. But I, but I get it, of course. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Okay. You receive inspired thoughts many times per day, yet you usually talk yourself out of taking action. Well, that sounds directed. That sounds directed at me. <laughs> the action is usually so simple, yet you find a reason why it's not a good idea or it's not the right time. You receive so much inspiration, but there's always a reason to ignore it. When you are in a lower emotional state of being, you come up with reasons why you shouldn't follow inspiration. When you feel good, you will tend to pursue the idea. Feel good and pursue more ideas. One idea leads to the next, and so on and so on. I've started answering phone calls now from people that I know when they call, instead of letting go into voicemail and calling them back when I have time. Because I'm starting to realize that if someone has the inspiration to call me, then that timing must be right. And for me to say that that timing is not right is for me to interrupt the plan that the universe has for whatever that is it's like flipping the bird to the universe that you don't want to do that yeah you want to when something happens you want to take it in the moment because this is all a timing issue it's all about rendezvousing at the right time but if you're imagine if go ahead if you're not in a good mood though right right, right. you You have to be in a a good mood you have to be in a good place you have to be in a good mood you have to be feeling good now imagine if kyla had um had the inspiration to listen to her singer-songwriter, but said, I'll do that tomorrow. Tonight I'm going to clean the house, right? And then she goes and she does that tomorrow and then sees a show that she could have gone to the night before, but she Mm. didn't follow the inspiration when she got it. These are the things that are happening when we're trying to think that we know what's going on. Okay? Pretty amazing. Yeah, and on top of that, instead of having to, you know, she wounds up and, you know, she... Originally, was probably bummed that she couldn't go to the uh, show that was three hours away. Right. And here was the show right in her backyard in an intimate surrounding on top of everything else. So and she got front row center seats. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Alrighty. When you receive the inspiration to check on your favorite artist, you pursued it. When you saw that the show was sold out, you kept on pursuing it until you scrolled down and saw the living room show. Imagine if you had become discouraged upon finding out that the first show was sold out. You might have stopped right then and there, and this experience would have been missed. Keep going? Yeah. The interesting thing is that if you missed this experience, you would, have not, you would not have known about it. So missed experiences are no big deal. Having had the experience, would you have missed it for the world? No. So keep that in mind when you casually give up after receiving inspiration to act. When inspiration strikes, act and do not give up so easily. Joshua. 
Okay, so to me, this is the most important paragraph. The, f the fact of the matter is, is that if something doesn't happen, we don't know, we don't realize that we missed something, right? Because it never happened. It was a missed experience, and since we don't know it, ever, it was ever a possibility to begin with, we don't think it was that important. We don't give it that much value. Having had the experience and saying, well, what if I had missed this experience by not taking the inspiration? It would have been devastating. So it's sort of like, can you imagine if you could see all these things that would come to you if you would only follow inspiration? If you knew what was coming up if you had just followed this inspiration and not made up some excuse not to do it, you would never skip any inspiration to act. So that's how important this is. The reason we don't think that this inspiration is important is because we don't know what is going to happen and therefore there's no big loss. But if you think that this is going to lead to something big and you realize that it's all for you, you're going to start thinking about doing things when you get the inspiration at that moment. Yeah. I think, yeah. We, I think this is a movie, a good movie to if somebody's creative enough, you know, yeah. how, what was that? What's the movie where the, the ghost of Christmas past shows them all the right. things that, so you could, we could have a movie that shows somebody everything they missed out on because they didn't follow inspiration. Right. And after every episode, they're just more and more depressed. Like, I can't believe that. <laughs> <missed out. laughs> totally true. Yeah. Yep. But, I but can then, see it right now. Yeah. But they're yeah. highly motivated at that point forward yeah. to every little it, inspiration. Yeah, and the funny thing is, too, is that fear gets in the way. So it's all this irrational fear. Uh, you, get a, you get an inspiration to call a friend, and you're like, this little tiny irrational fear. What if they're busy? What if it's a boring conversation? What if I have nothing to say? You know, that's tiny little irrational fear. That's what irrational fear is, these little st stupid things. And then if you just overcome that and say, no, I got this inspiration to act, I'm going to call her now, and, we'll, and I'm going to intend to have a good conversation, so you do the intention first, and I'm feeling good, so I know that if I'm feeling good and I receive inspiration, then that's the thing to do, and I'm going to do it right now. So ramp up your desire when these things come by realizing that the inspiration has value, and then follow through with it regardless of the fear. We're going to talk about fear, too, next yeah. week on Cut. You know, Gary, I was going to say, you know, lately when I'm inspired to do something, I just go for it. And, like, even on my trip, I was inspired. They had some extra trips. Like, we could um, go to a home-hosted dinner outside of Cape Town. Yes, well, that's, that's not, an interesting thing. Because here you are, so it's, a lot of people would think that would be an awkward thing to be in someone's home in a foreign country and not know how the customs are or what kind of food they're going to serve in Africa, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, you, so, so a lot of people, um, we were in an escorted tour, a lot of people chose not to do that. You know, and Tim was down for anything. If I wanted to do it, he came along, always having a better than expected time. We went to this dinner and, you know, the next day, so many people asked us about it. It was a wonderful experience. You know, we got to, we got to experience their culture, learn more about them, um, have their foods and realize all our similarities too. You know, here yeah. you are in a totally different continent, yet you have, you know, of course, we talked about politics here versus there and 
um, cultural things there versus here, shows. There, there was no topic that we didn't discuss, and it was just amazing, the conversation. As a matter of fact, we laughed so much, and we didn't even realize the host family, nor any of us attending, realized the driver had come back to pick us up and was waiting in the driveway for a half hour because there was no time. You know, it just yeah. kept going on and on. And, and a, a similar thing, um, there was a cultural experience you could go to, and um, we went to this community center, and I wanted to see the children in the after school programs. You know what? That's not for everybody. Tim didn't join me. I went. Guess wow. what? I got to do a drumming circle with all of them. I would have never, I've never played, you know, did a drumming circle. It was absolutely amazing. So like more and more I'm finding when you're inspired to do something, if you follow that gut and just go with it, that experience is worth it for you. It may not be for the next person, but if you listen to your inner self, it is the best experience for you at the time. What I like about that story is that you go back to the group and they're saying, how was it? And you tell them how unbelievable this experience was. And then they get a glimpse of what they missed because they let their fears, even though they're tiny little tiny fears, they let their fears stop them from going. That's true. And a lot of them did say I should have went. And, you know, when I had my mini iPad with me and I took lots of pics, so I was like, uh-huh. would you like to see it? And then they were like, oh, next time I'm going to do that. Well, you know what? On their next tour, they probably will do that or maybe yeah. go for the, you know, little side tours that don't seem as grand as going to the top of Table Mountain. Yet right. there's value in every one of those experiences. That's cool. So, Janine, your your story was very similar to the Law of Attraction cruise that you went on, where you had another, you had an amazing time there. I'm just curious, have you? It, you're in a good place, obviously. Has it always been this way for you, or is this a recent? Uh, no, I. I- I would say I always tend to be a more positive person than negative, but I would say as I'm along my journey and path, um, I have more of a awareness. And I, you know, somebody, uh, Steve, just wrote on my wall with all of my, on my Facebook page, um, you know, I, I kind of journaled what we were doing when we were doing it. Obviously not every last experience. And someone said, wow, this just looks like a trip of a lifetime. Was this the best trip? Or have you had a better trip? Or is there a better trip to come? And I said to this friend, you know what? I always intend that the next trip will be the best trip. And it doesn't matter where it is or what it, um, you know, where I'm going. It doesn't matter if it's right here in Florida or abroad. It doesn't matter. I always intend my next experience will be my best experience. But to answer your question, I think this has been a process. And I think that now I have more of an awareness. Well, I would definitely so. say since since doing the Joshua thing, my trips have become way more fun. <laughs> right, and I and I've mentioned that to you, Steve, and I've and you know and and honestly, right, Steve and Gary, when we were on that cruise, um, which unfortunately, Michael, you can join us hopefully next time. Um, you know, I was like looking at the side tours, and I'm like, you know what, I'm doing a Segway in Catalina, and I'm going to go to this wine country tour and take the ATVs out, and you guys were like, yeah, let's go. But, yeah, I'm glad know, I, I went was, on that. Right. I was inspired to do it and I shared it with you and then you came along. Now, if you would you understand what you missed if you didn't come with? Maybe not as much. But when I came back and shared the pictures with you, you would have been like, wow, you know, what an amazing experience. But yet we got to experience it together. Yeah, that was great. Um, I remember on that cruise that Jules came up to me and said, I'm going to hypnotize you and bring out Joshua. And I immediately said, yes, let's do that. Even though there was a huge fear about that because, you know, what if Joshua doesn't come out, you know, or it's sort of weird to be hypnotized and, you know, stuff like that. 
But something inside me said go for or it. Or she made you dance like a monkey. Right, or right, when she snapped her fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you see a red apple, you're going to dance like a monkey. But anyway, no, none of that. It was just a normal thing. Oh, that, maybe uh, I've been hypnotized. <laughs> I do that all the time. It's <laughs> not normal. But um, yeah, so I did it, and then that, and that was like a total transformation in my life. Completely different thing. Um, I had an inspiration one time uh, to... I think it was my cousin said, check out Story Waters and watch a few Story Waters videos and have this inspiration to go to fly across the country to L.A., see him. And I had two big things there. One was meeting Steve and one was getting um, this sort of validation of Joshua from Story, uh, which completely changed the trajectory of my life. And while we were there, had my friend uh, Mike from high school one of my best and oldest friends lives in LA and he's a film editor and we had the most amazing day with him just taking us around everywhere. So, but you know, that, that whole idea could have been like, you know, are we going to spend two grand to go out to LA and stay in a hotel and see someone there and what's it going to be like? And is this even worth going? Um, so, so luckily I just went with that inspiration and that, that trip changed my life. I, I've got a similar story with uh, there was a Ducati monster anniversary ride from Southern California to Northern California. Like it was, a, I I didn't want to take time off from work. It was going to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I thought if it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I could pull it off. But to take off a whole extra day, Thursday, you know, being very fear based about money, mm-hmm. and I didn't know anybody on the trip. Right, right. I was going to be going by myself. Uh, I had a, a lot of limiting beliefs around this. And I guess my desire, I, ultimately I'm going, how often is there a 20th anniversary of a, a motorcycle that I own, right? It's like, right. I should really do this. And it turned out to be, you know, one of the best rides ever taken. I won't go into all the reasons why, but one of the biggest things that came out of it was I met the the dent guys that I that I work with on the side. Oh, so yeah. It was such a change. That alone, you know, for me to, if I would have not gone, I would have never known about it, but I would have gotten any, I would have not received any of the abundance that I have since received from that experience. Right. So that trip more than paid it for itself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was, and it, yeah. The thing was, you were worried about was, was actually a thing you could not have foreseen, you know, spending a little extra money. And or taking the time off and losing a little money, whatever that was. And here he comes, starting a company with these guys. And and then what that going to propel you to? So maybe that that experience of being in that company now leads oh. you into the experience of being in your own company without needing them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. If you if you look back at the little things that you've decided to do and how it affected the rest of your life. And the timing on this is interesting. I mention it because we rode up to this event, a motorcycle event called the Quail, which is up in Carmel Valley, and it's beautiful and gorgeous and stuff. And that event is actually today. Um, oh wow! <laughs> I had I had a little bit of an inkling to go. It, th- this is an interesting thing. It's like, how do you know when you're yeah. really supposed to follow it? Because I had just got back from Italy, and I'm thinking, God, I've just taken all this time off, and you know, I I don't know if it's I have a lot of things around the house that are just have been asking the need to be done, right? Yeah. It's like every weekend <laughs> I, I, I come up with a good excuse to not do it. And so I'm like, like what? what? Name one thing. 
that that needs to be done. The yeah. the the Lotus. Uh, I have uh, spark plugs, engine oil, oil filter, and transmission fluid sitting right next to it for uh-huh. like the last two months. Well, you were oh, there when I bought it. So, <laughs> oh, okay. So, so let me ask you a question: Are there people who can do this sort of thing? Or are you the only person on Earth who can do it? Well, there's people that can do it. Get but, them to do it. But, You're not the one who needs to be doing that shit. But, but it's it's actually something I enjoy. I like. It, it like makes it. me closer to the car. That's I, great. I feel closer to the car. But it's also <laughs> taking you away from this trip in uh, this Ducati event or whatever or other things. So I'm, it's interesting how these these reasons exist to not do what we're inspired to do. Now I think you you follow your highest inspiration. So if you're inspired to do several things, you do like for instance, you could have said I can't really go to Italy because I got a radio show to do on Saturday, and what are the odds that that Italy's going to have internet good enough for me to do it? Okay, I'm not I'm saying that that's even a close thing. But you yeah, could have you used been that on the radio show, damn it. Yeah, you could have used anything <laughs> as your excuse not to go. So you, or you could have had two things that are competing. I want to do this and I want to do this. Which are, which is the one with the highest inspiration? Right. And, yeah. and, and I just, when I actually thought about the quail, it's, you know, like I said, it's eight hours away, and I actually like to take my time going up there because that's my favorite part of it. Is if you take PCH, it's like two days away, yeah. but that's what I want to do, right? If I'm going to do it, uh-huh. so it just it just felt like um, almost too much work. It's right. like I kind of felt like I need to just take a break and relax a bit. Right. Well, and then you honored that within yourself. You know, somebody asked me recently, like, we're all busy, right? And we all have our passion and interest and we have our commitments and things we have to be at. But truly, the bottom line is if you really want to do something or you really want to see someone, you will make the time to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, because they just brought that up to me. And I said, you're absolutely right. You know what? It depends how bad I want it, I guess. Because the desire trumps limiting beliefs. If the desire is stronger than the limiting beliefs, always. Yep. Right. So the manifestation of desire always happens if you can get your limiting beliefs reduced. And that's what all this work is, reducing the intensity of your limiting beliefs by analyzing your irrational fears that are at the basis of them and realizing that those fears are false and then proving to them that they're false, proving to yourself that they're false. So you can do two things. You can ramp up the intensity of a desire, and you can reduce the intensity of limiting beliefs. And if you can get the pendulum to swing a little bit more towards your desire, then that will make it manifest. And right. the reason that we don't allow these desires to happen is, I think, always fear, isn't it? Well, there's only fear or love, so... Yeah. And so you imagine the desire is love, and the... the um, limiting beliefs or fear so when love conquers fear manifestations of desires happen write that down someone take oh, a I note like <laughs> i'm gonna put that on a meme that? and send it to the internet i i i, I think <laughs> Mary little jo kitty. Should, deborah joe should do a uh yep. should do that one but we quote you this time we're gonna find a kitten with a Goldfish looking at a goldfish. <laughs> well, wait there. a minute. The goldfish wait. may not like that one. Yeah, that means. <laughs> no, but it's true. As you were talking about this, I remembered something that happened to me about 10 years ago. 
I was a young lawyer or a younger lawyer, obviously, uh, and I had a very big. It was a contested guardianship. It was over a. It was what we call a. It was an unusual case. The woman was still alive, but was very incapacitated, and the question was over her will, uh, whether it was uh, procured when she was grossly incapacitated. And I went in there with my young associate, younger associate, and I saw who was representing, you know, that who was representing the other side. And they brought out their biggest gun, and he was a really well-known name. Uh-huh. And she saw. I got a little scared. I almost, you know, yeah, I almost wet myself when I saw his <laughs> name there that he signed in. But I'll tell you, after I, you know, but 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 I got my first, you know, the, my first objection was sustained when he tried to do something. And as we were rolling, my confidence built up and built yeah. up and built up, and it just fed on itself. And uh, frankly, I kicked his ass. <laughs> <laughs> but the fear was there, yeah. but I was able to overcome it because I started, you know, with a feeling started to get so good. Yeah. Well, that's the uh, feeling you receive from overcoming a fear is exhilaration. Right. That's exactly yeah. what happened. It was exhilaration. And exhilaration is guidance showing you that the perspective that you're choosing completely aligns with who you really are and what you really want. Right. So it's, and that was a manifestation event that gave you even more confidence to go on and do things at an even higher level in the future. Now, you might have gone back to the law firm if this was even possible and said, listen, this guy is way more experienced than I am. We need to get some help, or we need someone else in here. you got to find a replacement for me. Uh, funny thing is that sometimes there's no option. You have to do it, right? Right. And so you have to face your fears because there's no other option. So that if you can launch yourself into these situations where you have to do it and you can't back out, you see a lot of um, famous musicians or singers said that, like Billy Joel said, I literally had no other option in my life. This was the only thing I could do. So I had to do it. I had to face my fears and do it. 15 seconds. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you mean that's how long we've been talking? 15 seconds? Yes. That's what it seemed like. All right. Eight, seven. seven. Hold on. Hold on. I got to say goodbye. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for listening to the show. It's episode 31. We've done it 31 times. It's getting more and more fun every time we go. If you have any uh, questions of your own, please go to theteachingsofjoshua.com. Make sure that you sign up for the website. Make sure that you buy both books that are out now because the third book is coming out at the end of this month. Go to Amazon. Search for The Teachings of Joshua. The first one is a, per- um, a perception of reality. The second one is a radical change. They're required reading if you're going to listen to the show because we talk about some detailed concepts you don't want to miss out. <laughs> Um, otherwise, have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you lovely people next week. Goodbye. Okay, bye. Bye, everybody. Have a great week, have a great week everyone. Thanks for listening to the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable with Gary Temple Bodley. We will be back next week with another fun discussion. If you would like to ask Joshua a question or read more of Joshua's teachings, please visit us at theteachingsofjoshua.com. See you next week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.